0: Not yet yet. Maybe don't, know. Maybe don't This time, 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 time,
1: What's up, everybody? I'm your host, Chris Hampton.
0: And this is Nate Trolley.
1: And together we form Tiger and Steve Williams.
0: Wow, I, man, uh, it's not my day. <laughs> 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 really, when really when really was sh- your day? Oh, man. I uh, Oh, we went back <laughs> through these. Hold on, I got one. I got a good one not too long ago well, but not too long ago it was like three years ago but we re-
1: I don't remember so it's been it, it's been a while since I've had a day uh, Steve Williams was Tiger Woods caddy through much of his reign as the top golfer in the world and at the time they were pretty good on the links hmm hmm see okay. what I did there okay yeah yeah I'm mastering this shit yeah. <laughs> And that's the duo I chose today because we are talking about our top pet peeve, biggest tactical errors we see made, sport climbing. And to be fair, I don't go sport climbing anymore, so I don't see any errors being made sport climbing, except for the people who are going sport climbing. That's not entirely true, <laughs> but I'm going to say it regardless. Um and my biggest tactical error is people not following through with the logical links. So I've fallen into this trap myself a mm-hmm. number of times. I've been kind of wooed into thinking I'm in send position when I'm not. Uh-huh. Um, even when I thought I was this like tactical master, I had done All the links, you know, Mm -hmm. I've been wooed into that. And then something clicks and I'm like, oh, here's this link I didn't make. I make the link and then I send. Yeah, Um, That's happened to me a number of times. And I see it regularly, uh, especially from actually probably more from like the 512 level sport climber is Mm. where I start seeing the biggest tactical errors. Um, I feel like the the sport climbers below that are making enough progress, oftentimes that they they can work through those tactical errors by getting better. But once people hit that five twelve level, tactics start to matter a lot, and it's kind of at the time where people are really start to dig into their first projects. You mm-hmm. know, yeah, um, and that's where I see it manifesting. Okay.
0: Let's go ahead and take a step back. When you say logical links,
1: yep. how would you define that? Essentially, I think when you're new to climbing and you look at a route, it looks like this one big thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you start at the bottom, you go to the top. That's the rule. Yeah, And as you get a little more experienced, you start to be able to break the routes down into smaller sections you know call them whatever you want break them down in terms of boulder problem grades or small root grades or whatever you want but there are these kind of logical checkpoints um, these smaller little sections of climbing within this big route Um, and actually then as you get more experienced and dig into it more pay attention to it more those links can really, or those sections can start to overlap into new sections. Um, So it might be these three sections separated by two good rests. Okay. Then you can go, oh, well, there's one from the bottom to the second rest. There's one from the first rest all the way to the top. There's, There's one from the third hard move to the second rest you know and then there are all these links you can start seeing that start to make sense for you Um, and for me the next logical link is just the one that's a little harder or the one that you haven't done yet whichever Mm -hmm. comes first Um, if you feel like you've done the links then look for a harder link Um, it's a it's a tricky game right because we're always, unlike bouldering, we're always starting from the bottom of a sport climb. Yeah. Oh, but are you? Well, I mean, most of the time, most of us are standing on the ground when we start a sport climb. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean, however, that we have to climb up to the place we want to start from. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean we have to red point up to the place we want to start from. Um, So it gets a little trickier when people... Pull on, start climbing, feel good, and then they start thinking in their head like, "I should just go for it. Oh. I should just go for it." You know, this happens all the time, especially when it's like you're close. You've there's one or two links left. You could do, but I'm feeling good now. I'm just gonna go for it.
0: I'll just I'll just go and see see what happens, and I'll, I'll work out about I'll work
1: out the links after I fall. Yeah, when you're flamed. <clears throat> Oh yeah. It's a, it's a dangerous place to be. And what a trap. And those last links to do are very often nearly as hard as doing the whole route. Yeah. Which makes it even tougher to convince yourself to, you know, air quotes here, waste that energy that it's going to take to do that link. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. That's, that's a really big one. Um, yeah, being like, oh, I'll just give it a red point, go, fall, and then I'll worry about links after. Yeah. Because then you're tired. Like uh, you've you know, you've essentially also reduced the amount of times you can try that route that day. Because sometimes going up and doing links, you can save a lot of energy. You know, if you say, Oh, I want to try and link bolt let's say three to seven, you can go up bolt to bolt, bolt to one, go to two, go to three, taking it each, saving energy. Gun for the three to seven, and then you can come down from there if you, you know, work it out, do whatever you need. But if you go straight from the ground and try and gun for it all the way from the ground, (laughs) let's say you fall at five because you're tired, or maybe there was a missed sequence that you didn't figure out yet. Suddenly you're like a little bit pumped. You're not going to be able to work the sequence out as well. You know, well, could you have done it from three? You don't even know anymore. Like, cause you tried it from one, right? You know, there's all these things like you didn't answer any questions. You got greedy,
1: and kind of bit you in the ass. Do you think, you know, this comes off of your question to me about what are logical links. Do you think that it's sort of a self-selecting thing in that when you're a new climber, you don't see the links at all? Hmm. Um, As you get a little better, you can start to see the links, and the next logical link is the next one you can see, right? Um, okay I see where you're going with this and as you get better and better ideally and I and I think a little bit whether you want it to or not you start to be able to see the different links that need to be made sort of parallel to your abilities you Mm -hmm. start to be able to see those things you know parallel to the the greater level that you're climbing at um I'm curious, I, I, I'm i not sure if because there's not a really specific way to say, here is what the links are on any given, you know, as a general rule across all sport routes. Do you think it's somewhat of a self-selecting thing what the next link is? I do think that as you become more skilled,
0: you'll see different links. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and but that said i i do think it's important to reach out and talk with other people Mm -hmm. about especially people who have done the climb that you want to do and ask and just pay attention to what people are saying like if everyone's falling at the same spot anytime like there's a route in uh the red what is it called true love yeah one of those things where everyone seems to punt above the crux right right you know if everyone's falling there is that punting
1: exactly like or is it just There might be a chapter in my book about this
0: yeah like it's like oh literally every person i've ever talked to who didn't on-site the route fell after the crux right and the breakdown of this route generally speaking is supposed to be like 12 plus v8 ish kind of funky to in air quotes 10 d is that what people say Oh, people have told me this. Yeah. And I went up it and I was like, man, I don't know if I fall on 10D this much, but this feels more like V5 to me. Yeah. And and it was funny because I went and talked with a buddy about it afterwards, uh, Daniel Breckner. And he was like, yeah, he was like, everyone's kind of full of shit, huh? Because he's like, you ever notice how literally everyone falls in that 510 section after the V8? I'm like, yeah. He's like, no, I think it's hard. And I was like, okay, cool. <clears throat> so that's a good example of paying attention to other people and maybe it did feel like v10 right after or 510 right after climbing v8 but it's hard and everyone falls there so that is a necessary link that clearly a lot of advanced climbers oversaw like to them they're like oh it's fine it's whatever and it's hard to also link a very succinct crux like that into the top when there's not much lead in climbing because you're like well if i could just do the v8 to the top i might as well do it from the ground right um You know, there's a theme here, but yeah, I I do think you get better at looking at links. And, uh, I think it's really important to watch other people too. There are a lot of, I'm always impressed by great sport climbers, um, because they're not afraid to go for maybe what to me seems unintuitive for links. Mm -hmm. Like they're fine saying, Hey, I'm going to go from three moves into the rock climb. Yep. Like I could reach up and slap their chalk bag as, as their belayer. Yep. from where they are pulling on and they're going to try and gun from there to the top. Yeah. I'm totally. Like, that seems weird. Um just do the start, but they know themselves and they've seen the process well enough. And it's like, well, yeah, you I guess you climb 515 and I don't. So seeing that I think helps. You know, it's one of those things your intuition builds with time, but always look out and watch what better climbers do.
1: Yeah, and I think this is something that we've talked about on a, a lot of episodes in the past, but um this is going to fundamentally look a little different than than my gripe with bouldering, you know, that you've already heard. In that, like I mentioned, you're standing on the ground most attempts, and you can't just reach past the crux to start. You know, you can't get a power spot through the crux move, um, but you can exercise things like going bolt to bolt, like you mentioned. Um, you can. Climb this easy section, or climb this first link, and then go in direct and sit there for fifteen minutes, and you know then try the next link. Um, so you can do all of these. You can use all of these tactics to help you, as long as you go in with a plan to begin with. You know, mm-hmm. talk to your belayer about it. Have them not let you off the hook. You know, Ooh, if your yeah, goal, if your goal is to, I want to go from bolt six to the chains because I haven't done that link yet and you get to bolt six and you're like I'm feeling good I'm going for it your belayer should be like nope if you make one more move I'm pulling you off this rock climb Yeah, you know because chances are you're going to fall at bolt eight or you know whatever Mm -hmm. and then you've blown your attempt to make that link exactly the scenario you were talking about so have that belayer Hold you to it. I think that's really important. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've drawn some diagrams for you know this one and the bouldering episode that kind of show how this might look in practice over several sessions of bolt to bolting or doing shorter sections, lowering down and doing a different link. Um, play around with it. I think that's the. The best way to go about it and and i think it's a lot like the bouldering episode where if you're falling in the same spot over and over and over it's probably a good idea to start looking for some big link you haven't done you know Mm -hmm. the obvious ones we've talked about in our in tactics episodes in the past but you know how low have you gotten to the chains from and how high have you gotten from the ground those are the two big ones and if in an ideal world, if you can just keep making a new high point and a new low point, eventually, you know, you're one bolt difference and, and you can just do the thing. That's not how it always breaks down and you have to get a little more creative. And like you said, watch how other climbers are approaching the route.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And
1: first, I just think those
0: are all like great points. Um, there's one thing I would add that um, I don't think is used often enough. But you can also do reps on links Yep. like this is what i used to do back in the red and i used to think red point cruxes were my superpower mm-hmm. but really it's just because i don't know i realized early on like if you go to the anchors and going to the let's say the last two bolts are the red point crux so you have a hard boulder down low and then everyone falls in the last two bolts i would just do the last two bolts on top rope three times Every time I went to anchors. Yeah. So every time I went up the route, I would do that last section a total of four times. And I never fell in red point cruxes. Yeah. And I was like, oh, apparently I just, you know, I have a mind of steel and all this, but really it's just, I don't know. I just did it more.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, in a lot of cases, it's really important to not conserve all your energy. Like at the end of a session, do that big link that you've already done do it tired. Mm-hmm. You know, get up there, it's the end of your session, your power's drained. Try the big link anyway. Learn to fight through it. You know, it, it might show you a new a new area that you didn't think to to include that that's going to be troublesome for you when you are tired coming from the ground.
0: Yes. Yeah, fatigue uh, is, is a good teacher. Yep. Like especially in easier climbing terrain. When you,
1: I mean, yeah, that's why it works so well for red point cruxes. Yeah. And if you're a good intuitive climber, you might find some rests that you've never found because now all of a sudden you're forced into this section where you're a little tired and you're having to get into this big drop knee you never saw before to shake out or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Super important to play with all those links. Mm -hmm. What's yours?
0: All right. Mine, uh, we've attempted to find a name for this. We've tried about seven different things. <laughs> uh, the closest I think we've got is method of approach. So what I mean by this is how many different ways do you try rock climbs? This is on sighting flashing, second-go mm-hmm. sends, trying to send it in a day, You know, maybe trying to send it in, in three to five sessions. Is this a season-long project? All of these different things. right? What most people end up doing is they settle into one to two. Yep. You know, maybe they've got their, like a lot of people like a second go send and maybe a project. And I think, uh, I think their second go sends tend to be a little bit on the comfier side. Totally. You know, it's more like, oh, I'm going to project this 13C, but I'm going to second go this 12A. Right. Something you maybe could have on sided. Yes. Like I know a lot of amazing projectors who can see things through for seasons, man who climb up to thirteen plus who are terrified of trying to on-site eleven plus rock climbing, right? Like, yeah, they're just like, oh, well, that might blow my day. It's like, well, it shouldn't. Mm-hmm. like you, and yeah, I mean, it to me, it's such a fun opportunity for growth, too. Like I remember when I was breaking into five twelve and I was like, okay, well, if I want. Like, there's this general rule of thumb that works shockingly well in rock climbing. That is, whatever you on site, like your on site grade and your hard red point project grade should be one number grade apart. Yeah. Um, it works really well. It does. It's just,
1: it per- shocks me regularly how well it works.
0: Yeah. Like, it, it's just kind of held true. So, let's say if you want to consistently climb 12A, in my mind, I was like, well, if I can consistently on site 11A, then that's the one number gap that'll work And same thing. Like when I wanted to go to 12 B, I was like, well, let's spend some time trying to, you know, first it was like, I want to flash an 11 B. So I'd have, you know, my friend tell me whatever the beta was. And it's like, okay, let's on-site it. And then, you know, and then it's like, oh, okay. Like in my mind, I can now climb 12 B, but I'd also mix in like my favorite way to do it. I would start with on-sighting. Cause that was a good way just to have fun see a lot of climbs you do more pitches mm-hmm. new, more new things um you're seeing a lot more new movement uh new styles stuff like that and then once i would get tired of that i'd be like well i want to try something harder so maybe then it's a second go sense. you're a little more tactical um uh, and then you do that and you're like oh cool i've leveled up a little bit from that on sighting but i want something harder so then it's okay how hard can i climb something in a day yeah and then you know it's like oh well <clears throat> suddenly like I'm climbing, you know, 12 minus in a day. Cool. Well, let's level that up. And then you just keep going. And for me, it would keep going until, okay, I've got a hard project. I've now tried this. I sent it after, let's say six days of work, seven days of work. And then for me, it's like, well, maybe I'll pick another one or I'm going to go back to on-sighting, or, or I'll just mix these other days in and it keeps things fresh. Um, and you can learn so much from these different styles, yeah. these different methods of approach. I'm gonna mm-hmm. keep saying it and hoping that sticks, because <laughs> I still don't like the phrase, but we'll find something.
1: Yeah, if you if you have a better word for this, post it on the Instagram post about this. Yeah, about this episode. But this is what I see people drop the ball on a
0: lot. And they find yeah, they find their comfort zone. Maybe that's going out and just day cragging, and they on site or an easy second go send or maybe they only make a project but it's rare that you see people really cover all the bases who don't also climb really well
1: yeah it's it's really interesting too how much this can like how it can become dogma for people um i hear so many people like totally down projecting because Hmm. You know, for whatever reason, they've decided that siting or doing things second or third try is like the ultimate way to engage with rock climbing. And they're just like, projecting is stupid. I don't want to spend that much time on a route. It has nothing to teach me. I just do things quickly. Mm-hmm. You know, not true at all. It has a lot to teach you. Um, and then I see projectors, like you said, really scared to try and onsite something much easier um and just never engage with it. Uh I had a a method that worked for me well up to a certain point that I would reward myself for on-siding things with projects. Ooh. Where if I on-sided 12A, that meant that I could have a 12D project. Oh, you know, okay. it was always three three letter grades was the span for me at the time. Mm-hmm. Um And once I onsighted two 12As, I could have two 12D projects. (laughs) Once I onsighted three 12As, 12D was open for me. Oh. And I could could try as many as I wanted, sample whatever I wanted. Interesting. Um, And that worked for me in the red and in climbing in the new a bit, um, up to about onsighting 12C or maybe even 12D. And then I was sort of running out of things to try because I had – overlapped where i started yeah you know um and then i was like oh i'm gonna start on these bigger projects the really hard things for me and i'm gonna have these mini projects Mm -hmm. um so i found ways to interact with a lot of them failed on-site attempts would essentially you know not technically i couldn't log it on my 8A this way but it would essentially become a second go send some other day down the road where Mm -hmm. I would go back up the route with the purpose of trying to send it next try. Yeah. Um, So technically you'd send it third go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I would be exercising it like a second go send. And, and then that led into the fun of, oh, let's try some harder second go sends, you know? Yeah. Almost always while also trying some big major project Mm-hmm. Um, but I really like playing at the ends of that spectrum of if I'm projecting I also want to be on sighting, you know yeah, just feels good to me and it keeps
0: you sharp it does man i I love it i if I could only pick one ooh question if you could only pick one method of approach
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> what would it be Bouldering no, I'm just kidding. get out of here um I'm off with. If I could only pick <laughs> one method of approaching sport climbs, it would probably be for me mini projecting. Oh, it's a good one. It's so fun. Yeah, I think that would be it for me. What would your ancillary one be?
0: Let's say you spend sixty percent there, and you get thirty percent on another.
1: I do really love on-sighting. If I would never run out of routes to try an onsite, uh-huh. it would be onsite. Oh yeah, that's it, that's exactly what I was thinking in my head. Man, I hmm,
0: I think I might actually do the same. Like onsighting for me is just as fun as rock climbing
1: gets. It's so fun. Um, it's so fun to be able to switch into that mode where you're just going for it. you've you've got no doubt in your mind that the next hold is good, that you're doing the thing, you're just executing these like visions that you're having as you're doing it. It's, it's so much fun. Yeah.
0: Um, but yeah, mini projecting is fun.
1: Um, Oh, I guess I'll,
0: yeah, I think I'd probably do the same, you know, let's say a mini project being a three to five day project and then on sighting with the caveat that I never run out of on sites.
1: Yeah. Um, why would you choose mini projecting over like mega proj?
0: I've never really enjoyed mega projecting. Hmm. It's, I, and I feel like I keep, as long as I do other things, I keep progressing with mini projects. Um, and maybe it's, I've just never found the right balance with big mega projects, but mm-hmm. yeah, I've, I've just never really loved them. Like I've seen things through and I've had big mega projects, but I don't know. I, uh, I'm just a glutton for more rock climbing. It's probably why I like onsighting. Yeah,
1: same. I, I've done my time with a few mega projects. And I'm glad I've done my time with them. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't think I would be willing to invest that same amount of time and energy into into the same sport climbs. Partially because it requires other people to be going and doing that thing with you. And that's a hard sell for a mega project, you know, unless you have other people projecting at that same crag.
0: Yeah. You know, I think I've also realized, like, when I was younger, um, I guess I never thought, I don't know, I never thought there would be a limit on how many places I would be able to, like, go see and try routes I'd try. Sure. And so I was fine just being like, oh, yeah, like, I'll just spend a whole season trying this or, yeah, I always had this mentality of, oh, I'll get back to it. And I'm yeah. starting to realize, you know, I was if I sit down and plan out my year, like, oh, here's the trips I can take, I'm like, man, if I want... Like, I don't have infinite time. Like, so I think that also is something that appeals to me. Why mini projecting appeals more is, you know, I have the ability to travel some. Yeah. And I would much rather go see more things and, you know, still get to sink my teeth into something hard. And that's going to keep me up at night, but Mm -hmm. not so much that it's going to keep me away from getting to experience new places or new routes.
1: Yeah. And I think if we look at, the pros, you know, the best sport climbers, if we look at Ondra and Seagrist, say, they are very well versed at both on-sighting and projecting at several different lengths. Yeah. You know, Ondra will dig into major projects that are game-changing that, you know, break through some ceiling. And and then he'll also do 15c in four tries, you know.
0: Yeah it you know and that's something that really blows me away about these high level climbers is you know andre will go on site a 14b and a 13d as part of his warm up to go try a high level project right right man i got you know i know people who are like trying to send their first 12d and they're like well i don't want to try and on site that 11a it might ruin my day right it's like no no like if it's ruining your day we need to get better at your confidence while on sighting and just your confidence in general while climbing. Yeah. Not even just on sighting. Like this isn't gonna ruin anything. Um, I remember Sasha Julian years ago was climbing in Spain and she had a day where just a single day, I wanna say she on sighted like two thirteen Cs, sent a fourteen B, and then on sighted uh thirteen D and mm. red pointed a thirteen B after. Right. And I was like, who even tries that?
1: <laughs> who? <laughs> like
0: you, let's take a number off of all of those and put me in the, her shoes. I'm not trying that many things. Like, right. I don't even remember what it was, but it was something just absurd like that. Like, wait, you, you onsite hard. Then you went to your project and you did your project and then you like did a second project. And then you went and it afterwards. Cause you, that wasn't enough. Right like and then you second go send another like I mean a moderate
1: 8a afterwards but yeah. yeah it's not a coincidence that these people are the best climbers and and they're engaging in things this way yeah you know if you're if you're a person who's stuck in i only on site or i only project you know maybe look around and see that all of the best climbers are are making all of the different types of approaches
0: yeah and look outside of your close community too. Yeah. Like, you know, good example. I went to Rifle the first time I ever went, I uh it was actually eight years ago. I heard a finger here pulling on pockets, went to rifle and found I could climb like five twelve without much pain. Um, and there weren't pockets there, so it was helpful. And I think I climbed like 35 512s. I was there for just a couple of weeks, but I was just I was like, I'm gonna try an on-site 512 here. Like, really went after it. And if not, I'm gonna do it in a few goes. And I want to climb as much as possible, really learn this style. And it blew me away. At the end of my trip, I was talking with some locals who, you know, had been climbing there 10 plus years, like some much longer. And they're asking me what I was climbing on. And for some of them, I had climbed more 512s in my first trip in like three weeks. They had they had climbed. You know, they had climbed a few when they first were 512 climbers and then they immediately jumped to projecting 513. Right. But they were like, oh, I haven't done any of those. Like, you yep. know, it, and it blew me away. I was like, well, you're surrounded by amazing climbs. Do all of them. Like, I know people here project, but there's so much to do and learn from.
1: Yeah. And this type of approach where you're mixing it up like this, you know, I, I, there's a, there's a push toward don't pay attention to building a pyramid or whatever, this type of approach is going to make you a better climber and it's going to just add to your pyramid, you Mm -hmm. know? No, we don't have to build a pyramid brick by brick perfectly, but ultimately if you're climbing 13 a or whatever, don't you want to have climbed 12 D and 12 C and 12 B? You know, you don't have to do them all in order, but it doesn't mean you can't go back and, add in the ones below that you skipped over or didn't do and yeah. why would you not want to do more rock climbs? I don't I don't I, quite understand the concept.
0: Rock climbing's fun.
1: Do it all. Like <laughs> and that's like oh that's
0: half the reason I would say that I have this as my biggest mistake cuz man it's fun like yeah. what a way to get to experience rock climbing and yeah I know people say that season multi-season long projects where you measure <laughs> not in goes but in the number of ropes that you used to send it i'm sure that's fun for some people yeah but man this is really cool
1: yeah i'll also add this in um we love to and you and i just talked about this on a patron board meeting um we love to look at the outliers and use them as the examples, Mm -hmm. you know, or excuses to not engage with a thing in a certain way. And I can just hear all of the onsiders and all of the people against projecting being like, well, Alex Magos didn't have big projects, you know, until he was climbing 15 C. That's a good point. Well, you're not climbing 15 C, but you have been stuck (laughs) at 13 a for a long time. Um, or, you know, 12A or whatever you're at, you've been stuck there a long time. You're not Alex Magos. Mm-hmm. And Alex Magos had the benefit of growing up in an area that had thousands of rock climbs 514 and harder. Um, so as he's approaching his upper grades, he's got his pick of anything. You know, most of us don't have that luxury You know, Mm -hmm. we've got a few routes that are harder for us that make the next logical step for us. So always just on sighting, always just doing many projects, you're going to run out of things pretty quickly. Um, he had the benefit of not having to project because there were always things at the level he was at and he could make, you know, relatively slow progress through the grades. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, I forget what it was. We looked, what was it eight C and harder? There were like six hundred plus.
1: Yeah. Some, some some absurd number.
0: Yeah. Whatever yeah. it was was I can't remember, but insane. Um maybe it was eight B that maybe that was thirteen D and up was six hundred.
1: Maybe that was it.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think that might have been it. But whatever it was, it was like, you know, coming from the red where when I started climbing there there were two Ds, one I'd never seen right. shock on. Right. Like Exactly. Um, yeah, I think he's I think he actually sent his first nine A and like four tries or something 14 d right but it's because he was able to climb so many of these other things right first and yeah like if you have the opportunity do it but i will say this you know let's draw this back around when he did have to start projecting Mm -hmm. he spent years really getting flustered and having like you know a lot of issues with it and I, i thought it was actually really cool that he was so public about it same but he was like man i never got shut down before Like I got to do everything so quick that now that I'm actually projecting, this is frustrating. I get really upset. Like this is a hard process for me. You know, both him and his coaches have talked about it. Um, So yeah, I mean, he's obviously an outlier and elite level, but it came around to him either way, like not knowing how to project. Yeah, totally.
1: All right. Uh, Any more from you on there? Um... No, no, just, just do these things.
0: Do links and uh, have lots of methods of approach <laughs>
1: for your climbing days. We'll put that in all caps in the okay. Instagram post. Yes. Um, and I will link right there in the show notes in your pocket supercomputer back to an episode with Alex Magos on the podcast uh, and Ken Etzel who made the film rock Punk and we talked a little about Alex's you know challenges with feeling like he was enough you know by trying this thing that was really hard for him and not sending quickly Um, I think it's really important to to try all of these different methods of approach because you know it just prepares you for being a better overall climber later down the road um, so check out that. Uh, you can find us at powercompanyclimbing.com. You can find us at Power Company Climbing on the Instagrams, the Facebooks, the Pinterest, the YouTubes. And you can look for us on Twitter. We're not going to be there because we don't tweet. We scream like eagles..
0: No,